Whoa! G'day, Maddie's Bushwhacker, Luke here. 2015 Hall of Famer. Tag. Hello and welcome. My name is the Alpha Female. This is ECW Original, the Enforcer, C.W. Anderson. This is Pro Wrestling's only modern-day Viking gunner. This is Tony Mamaluke. This is WWE Superstar, Santino Morella. What's up, everybody? This is Machine from Lucha Underground Cage. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders. This is Marty Janae, the Rockers. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain. Scorpio. This is Hot Shot Danny Duggan. This is the Top Gun Chase Britton. Throw up your rock fist if you're feeling it. What's up, guys? This is the standard Dusty Gold here. This is Mr. Sebastian Bryson Scott. This is Vinny DaVinci here. This is the Deadbeat Wolf Killer. Hey guys, this is the mad one, the master of the mosh, Mad Max Morrison, and you're listening to Joe and Carl on Turnbuckle Talk. Alright guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes we are guys, and a special episode coming at you this week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We are now at our 100th episode of Turnbuckle Talk. We have come a very long way, and it's because of the support that you guys have given to us, and we are forever thankful for that. Big Joe, why don't you give us a little retrospective going from the beginnings up till where we are now? Well, Carl, and of course we are powered by the GorillaPosition.com, a proud part of the Roar Network, and that right there in itself is a bit of a testament to how far we have come, Carl, because we originally started off, to, to make a bit of a of a wrestling reference here, we started off kind of on the lower mid-card of this kind of stuff, and now we're at the main event. Main event! Yeah, we're at the, we're at the main event here, Carl. We started off doing this on online radio of all places. Yeah, we did. We uh, had partnered up with an online radio station for a while, and we were you know, kind of successful with that. And then over time, uh, Big Joe and myself just decided that maybe it was time for us to branch out on our own. So that's what we did. Joe, tell us a little bit about those beginnings, where we've come from, all the way till today. Yeah, with the world of online radio, it was very much a different beast compared to what we do now. When you're basically the the mics are live all all the time, and there are, you know no chance for for second takes or for hiccups or everything is uh, just kind of happening in real time. And yeah, it was a pretty humble beginnings. So you know, we did have the the pleasure of talking to some pretty big names at that point, and we got the chance to meet NWA champion Nick Aldis. We had to meet Jeff Jarrett, Teddy Long. You know, we, we learned a lot in those first little while. 100% we did. I mean, some of the, the huge names in, in the world of professional wrestling, the first one that we did, the guy now has a new name. His name is Jackson Riker mm-hmm. on NXT. He was our very first interview. 
went by the name of Gunner back then, and that was, for us at least, a huge step forward towards where we are today. So having that first interview underneath our belt, and especially with a name who was back with TNA at the time, to come on to our show and allow us the pleasure of talking to him, and then going through, I mean, we had Jeff Jarrett, we had names like Bushwhacker Luke, mm-hmm. we had Santino Morella on the show at one point, um, we had, who else was there? C.W. Anderson is yep. another one. Marty Janetti yes. of the yes. Rockers. <laughs> Marty Janetti, that was an insane and mm-hmm. hilariously funny episode that we had. And, I mean, even closer to today's date, we have had independent stars like Bryson Scott, mm-hmm. Wolf Taylor. We have had promoter and owner of ignite wrestling kim artlip on the show as well and we don't want to forget about our friends over at the gorillaposition.com and the roar network and we have had jargo has been on and rick has been on uh covering for me as you guys heard in the last episode if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to it because rick is an amazing guy on the microphone and he brings the intensity when he is on the mic no matter what where he is working for as well gorillaposition.com owner and editor-in-chief ryan k bowman the man who decided that he would take a leap with us here at turnbuckle talk and allow us to be part of his network huge thanks to ryan k bowman and the gorillaposition.com for taking us underneath his wing and allowing us to go from our humble beginnings with Gunner all the way through to where we are today. It was a very interesting turning point because uh, up to that point, we were really mixing up our game when we became a podcast. We incorporated some technology talk and some paranormal talk. And then just completely out of the blue, Carl set up an interview with as you had mentioned, Ryan Bowman, editor-in-chief of the GrillPosition.com, a, a complete shot in the dark, to be perfectly honest with you. To give you some perspective, I was literally on my phone on the bus going somewhere. I think I was going for a coffee or something and, and reached out to him. And then just from there, the whole thing snowballed and we became, of course, uh, proud members of the Roar Network with, at the GrillPosition.com. And you had mentioned Rick and Jargo, Mr. Melkor, Signature Spot, you know, with uh, Chris Toplak, the average marks, getting to meet all these guys and getting to collaborate, especially with Rick and Jargo. Dude, it's been a pleasure. You're right. It definitely <laughs> has been. I mean, this is still the humble beginnings for us when mm-hmm. it comes to our world of podcasting in the professional wrestling world and more than happy to share our successes and our spotlight with these guys over at the Roar Network. I mean, just amazing. We have to as well give a shout-out, a huge shout-out to Al Snow. I mean, Al Snow and Rod Hicks, the two of them running CollarAndElbowBrand.com Pro Wrestling Street Fashion for the people of today, allowing us to come in and become the first collar and elbow brand sponsored podcast we continue to tell you guys every week on the shows that you can get a discount of 10 percent off your entire order 
when you use promo code JKPODCAST. Now that brings us to another little topic, JK Podcast. Mm-hmm. Joe, take that one away. Yeah, the the name of the of the uh, of our of our program, I'll call it to give it a bit more of a general name, has really evolved over our, uh, during our time. Originally, of course, we started with me and former main host Mustang Man Kyle Espenshi when the show was originally actually called Wrestling Recap, and then you know. Certain things happened, and uh, our main host ended up passing away, and that's when you stepped in, and we brought you in as well, and then we called ourselves the J&K Podcast. No, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. We actually called ourselves Turnbuckle Talk, and this was still in the online uh, radio days, and then we became a podcast, and then we decided to go with the J&K Podcast, and then over just recently... Not too long ago, we decided to go back to our roots and go back to the Turnbuckle Talk, and then with their awesome Bullet Club inspired logo, I'm even kind of sporting it right now while we're recording here, and we've definitely evolved. It's been a very interesting journey, to say the least. Definitely it has, and with those evolutions and those changes, as you guys heard at the beginning of this episode, we will be going forward with this new Theme intro music that you heard. This was hand-picked and selected by Big Joe himself. And that is what we're going to use going forward. um, Because we want to evolve. We want to make sure that we're growing and that we're striving and that things are going as they should in an upward motion and fashion. And with that, we have made a few changes over time. And now this is the just the next little subtle change that we're doing. Yeah, that was one of those interesting things where I was literally, not to peel back the curtain a little bit, literally uh, surfing through on the Xbox Live. And this promo video for this game uh, came up and you and I are always kind of thinking of, of ideas. And I just I was just sitting there and then that music started playing and I just had that, oh, wow moment, right? So I was just like, inspiration hit, right? I was like, that's our new intro music. And it 100% works. It kind of embodies a little bit of who we are, not just as personalities, but as the people we are as well. Yeah, absolutely. So for the rest of this episode, Carl, we're going to, we're going to, break things up a little bit here we're going to before we get into you know some of our best and some of our favorite topics uh, from our last from our first sorry uh, 100 episodes we definitely want to touch on some current stuff here and a big one that we definitely need to talk about and i'm really interested to talk to you about this carl and this whole deal with dean ambrose and nia Jax. <clears throat> so for those of you who are not in the loop as of yet dean ambrose and nia Jax will be having an intergender match not an intergender tag team nothing like that this is going to be dean ambrose versus nia Jax at an upcoming house show i'm sure that they will be taping it for posterity reasons as well as for Going forward, because I'm sure we're probably going to see Nia Jax doing a little bit more when it comes to the world of intergender wrestling matches and entertainment within the WWE. So now that we've got these two at a house show, that begs to question now, is this going forward for something bigger for Nia Jax? 
like maybe a pay-per-view mm. that's coming up where Nia Jax may have a match against a man. Yeah, because this, this is a big leap and a big change for the WWE when it comes to men wrestling versus women and vice versa. Typically, up until just very recently, very much taboo. Uh, when the occasional running does happen, it's very, very brief. And, you know, they, they try and keep it to a minimum. But uh, we're seeing the potential here. Not now, because uh, we didn't have you last week, Carl, I'm curious, uh, before we get to the bulk of this here, with uh, Nia Jackson a Royal Rumble, I've been curious to your opinion. What did you think of that, that whole scenario of her coming in, being number 30 in the men's Rumble? <laughs> I think that's the best way that I can really describe it. I, I, I honestly was not a fan of Nia Jax coming in, taking that number 30 spot, getting in the Rumble. Kudos to her. She's the first person to go in and, like, really take charge and eliminate people and, you know, stuff like that. It's a good movement. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. Do I think that it was right for Nia Jax? I could say yes. But I can say no as well. Mm-hmm. I I personally wasn't a big fan of it. I would have rather have seen, you know, maybe a legend or something come back just to give me that little bit of a nostalgia feel. Yeah. When I, I mean Jeff Jarrett at the beginning, right? And then you have another, you know, legend who can still get in the ring and take a couple of bumps at the very end to kind of sandwich <laughs> all the new guys together. Because I mean, we have to remember we had quite a few. NXT stars in the Royal Rumble. Yep. Right. So I mean, to kind of take you know the 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 mix of the old and sandwiching them together with the new in there, I think would have been a perfect way to do it. But I get what the WWE is doing yeah. with the whole Nia Jax thing. I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. And now that I have had another kind of week to digest that whole scenario too, one thing that's really bugging me about it is that they went through. For the mixed match, I still can't really say that properly. The mixed match challenge, I mean, that that was like done over the span of months, building all to our truth getting this number 30 spot in the men's rumble, only for Nia Jax to just say, nope, I'm taking it. I know. And that was, I mean, <laughs> all that build for no payoff. Well, I think Arguably. That the, the WWE kind of realized that and kind of realized, I mean, I think our truth probably kind of. You know, through a, a little bit of a fit, which I don't blame them. I definitely would have thrown a fit yeah. as well. You know, I go through and, you know, something revolutionary here, the mixed match challenge that's happening. Yes, and I, I win the mixed match challenge, and I'm supposed to get that number 30 spot, but then it's taken away from me. Mm-hmm. And then what do we see come up on the next, what was it, SmackDown? He goes out there and he wins the United States Championship. Mm-hmm. So. All in all, full circle, I think R-Truth got what he deserves. Yeah. Definitely. By getting a title, he got what he deserved. Um, should they have taken that spot away from him at the Rumble? I don't I don't think so. Like, yeah. Yeah. He worked so hard. For, the guy has worked his entire career so bloody hard to really just be kind of tossed into the corner and thrown into the shadows and really not taken very seriously. I mean, the guy can work like nobody I have seen in a long time, and they just continue to give him this comedy act and throw him in the corner and leave him there. 
I think that, you know, it was kind of a slap in the face mm-hmm. to our truth to really take him out of that spot. And then to give it to Nia Jax, somebody who, and I know we have had our many discussions about it over the last hundred episodes about Nia Jax. We definitely have. And I don't think that she was really deserving to take that spot from our truth. Yeah. Um, like you had mentioned comedy act and getting more back into with, with Dean and, and Naya, they did this bit, the, the moment of bliss, uh, program, uh, which has been, I think kind of hit and miss it, it's, um, there's been some good stuff there, but with this in particular, an odd thing that, that happened, and, and this is very typical of WWE these days with, with D'Ambrose currently being the bad guy, the, the heel character, you know, yes, the, uh, the, the little interaction there with uh, with EC3, you know, asking him where EC1 and 2 are, um, making uh, Chippendales reference even, and calling him a mute, and the fans cheering and, and getting over on that. It's very bizarre when you have that happening with a quote-unquote heel or bad character. And this is becoming a, a commonplace thing with the WWE of these heels getting over better with the crowd than the baby faces. And it's, it's a really, I mean, again, I can say something like it, it's come full circle because yep. we've had this before when it comes to guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin yep. and even The Rock. The Rock himself was, you know, with the Nation of Domination. He was a bad guy and then he kind of turned good. And then we had, you know, like Stone Cold who was supposed to be the bad guy but was the biggest baby face you could ever have seen Everybody loved the guy. Everybody cheered for him. He had such an amazing uh, gimmick going on that, yeah, I mean, I think, again, we're kind of seeing it come full circle. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, it's almost maybe, that's how I kind of put it, almost like the the comic book effect of people wanting to cheer for the the anti-hero. That's right. I mean, how many people love Deadpool, right? Exactly. Yeah, I he, mean, my son, you know, back when he was, uh, I believe he was probably 11 or 12 years old. Um, no, younger than that. I think 10, 10 or 11 years old. He wanted to be Deadpool mm-hmm. for Halloween. So the wife and I made him a Deadpool costume and did up a duty belt for him and everything, right? And, oh, sure. Like, I mean, because he wanted to be that anti-hero. He wanted to be Deadpool. So, I mean, no matter where you go, no matter if it's professional wrestling, different sports, movies, music, wherever it is, always somebody wants to cheer for that anti-hero. Yeah, for sure. No, we'll see where this program with the two of them go. Uh, when you when you look at the numbers, you know, with the, the ratings on both Raw and SmackDown, lowest that they've ever been, you know, this stuff might not be all that great. <laughs> to be perfectly, perfectly honest with you. So we'll see what what can come. You know, there's been some little hints of them wanting to push the uh, the TV rating uh, a bit, maybe going towards more towards the TV fit 14 or a bit of a mature audience. We'll, we'll see what time. But uh, you know the numbers don't lie. Uh, it's crept over to SmackDown, some just barely over a million viewers a week. And I mean, going with those numbers as well. I mean maybe this is what's needed, right? You're saying maybe not, maybe this isn't a good thing, but maybe this is exactly what's needed. Maybe this is the good thing that needs to happen for these ratings to really come back up again. Now, I'm curious to see the numbers on Impact Wrestling Hmm. anytime that Scarlett Bordeaux comes onto the screen. 
right? And I mean, you you kind of yeah, Joe's looking up like yeah, their 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 ratings skyrocket whenever that happens. You take a look at the stuff that they've been doing on YouTube or that they put out on YouTube. The stuff with Scarlett Bordeaux gets amazing mega hits coming off of it, whereas a match has you know significantly less. Right, so mm-hmm. WWE kind of going with this TV fourteen, a little bit more of a mature audience standpoint, could be a good thing and a way for them to kind of resurrect those numbers for Raw and SmackDown. Mm, yeah, possibly. Now, speaking of good things happening, recently we saw a little bit more going on with AEW, Carl, and the mystery has finally been solved of what is going on with Mister Kenny Omega. It definitely has. The uh, All Elite Wrestling went out and did another press conference for the uh, pay-per-view Double or Nothing that they are going to be doing. Uh, during that press conference they did, they announced uh, a, a lot more talents that they are going to be having. Now, whether these are going to be actual handshake deal uh, full-time people or these are just going to be people that are there for the Double or Nothing Uh, pay-per-view that they're going to be doing i don't know but notably quickly i just want to want to before we get to the big news um all elite wrestling has a handshake deal and has brought in essentially the first mainstream transgendered wrestler and is allowing them to have their spotlight and their stage in All Elite Wrestling. Myself, personally, congratulations to All Elite Wrestling for opening that up to Mm -hmm. everyone. Not just those who are guys, and not just those who are girls, and not just those who are straight or gay or lesbian or transgendered. They are blurring the lines and going, we don't care if you're a good worker we want you, and I think that that is a huge kudos to them. But I digress. On to the main point, Only Wrestling and Kenny Omega are partnering together. I do believe uh, Executive Vice President of All Elite Wrestling is going to be Kenny Omega, as well as a worker within the company taking on Chris Jericho, at double or nothing joe your thoughts on kenny omega in management of all elite wrestling and taking on chris jericho again a couple things with that with the vice executive vice president like basically every member of the elite is the executive vice president from what I'm seeing, that this has me concerned a little bit. That this whole thing, I have kind of some issues with. The big one that I want to kind of get to is that they they keep mentioning that you know being made possible by the cons and all this money. And when you look at the and this is something I'm making reference to Rick and Jerg with hitting the marks that they had mentioned. I thought it was definitely you know that I've gotten back and looked at it a couple of times. I can definitely see what they're getting at. The production values not all that great. And well, it, I mean, that's, that's just for now, though. Yeah. Right? Like, do you really want to take all of your money and throw it into into this? Or do you want to take, you know, the majority of the money to be able to put on, you know, like a 4K resolution pay-per-view for the people? Yeah. For me, anyways, that's 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 my little 
For sure. And with uh, with Kenny versus Jericho again, it's obviously it's a good matchup. But for for me, what, what I'm when I'm looking at this is I'm asking myself, why are we doing this again? And where's the the storyline with it? I want to go back, and if you guys haven't, go back and listen to our interview that we did with Kim Artlett, um, owner and promoter of Ignite Wrestling. Yep. I think right now, All Elite Wrestling might be doing the same thing that Kim Artlett does. There is no storyline. Why do we need a storyline when we're going to have a pay-per-view this month and then we're not going to have another one for three months down the road or four months down the road? There isn't time or even the capacity to build a storyline. So why don't we just give people what they want and give them amazing professional wrestling matches as opposed to all this storyline entertainment that happens Let's just go out and give them the best wrestling show that we can. That could work. I, I think that, that would largely depend on the audience that they're targeting. Because, you know, for your typical pro wrestling audience, they need a little bit of storyline for that hook to, to get you kind of invested. So if they're going to go with the non-storyline, you know, I think you really need to at least portray the real star power with these guys. Otherwise, there's no hook there for the audience. With some of these names that they have, there doesn't need to be any hook. I don't think that there does at all. You you take a name like Joey Janela. Yeah. And then you take Hangman Page. Let's throw them in a match. You're already going, wow, I know what Joey Janela can do. I know mm-hmm. what Hangman Page can do. Holy crap. Let's see what they can do together in the ring. Right? So yeah. for me, that's the hook. That's the hook right there. I'm going to see Joey Janela, who I know is an amazing worker, and I'm going to see Hangman Page, and they're going to be facing each other. Wow, this could be magical, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, and, and it could evolve as, as they, they evolve as a company. But I think, you know, for the time being, I think with that approach, it's definitely going to be targeting a very specific type of audience. Definitely that non-WWE audience, for sure. And, and if that's what they're going for, then, yeah, that, that uh, could definitely work. I think that that's, I think you're right. You're right. That's, that's the market that they're looking at right now. Definitely. That's the market sure. that they're looking at right now. How many people can we take from those that are okay with watching the WWE, mm-hmm. but bring them over to all elite wrestling so that they are satisfied with their professional wrestling and then you're going to start to see those those numbers grow, and those numbers are going to grow and grow and grow. And then you're going to start seeing these people telling the people who are watching WWE, dude, you don't need to watch that. Come and watch this. And then that's how they're going to hook and bring in, right? It seems like they're going very old school with it. They're going very old school with, like, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, let us show you what we can do as opposed to, you need to have this right now, and we're going to cram it down your throat. It'll be interesting to see how it all kind of evolves once we know more about the TV distribution and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll get a better picture on things, and you know, at, at the very at least, it's getting us as wrestling fans talking about it, which is definitely 
a win. You know, it, it's, this has been a topic for, for a number of weeks now. So, you know, we'll definitely be hitting out more on this episode. So it, it's uh, only makes for some interesting discussions. And hey, you know, I have yet to really encounter two wrestling fans that always agree with each other on everything that just doesn't exist, folks. Even on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a bit of a break here, Carl, and we're going to come back and we're going to hit on some of our favorite topics from our first 100 episodes. Woo! All right. We'll be right back, guys. Independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry, if you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands, contact Pinned LLC. Pinned LLC is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry. It's your one-stop, one-click online profile and so much more. With Pinned, you'll receive a full background story, photo gallery, an interview conducted with you, links to all your social media and where you can be booked, and yes, a 60-second custom television commercial all about you. Get more info today. Email pin.biz at gmail.com. That's pin.biz at gmail.com. Or click the icon at thegorillaposition.com to get more info about PIN. Remember, get connected, get booked, get PIN. It's the RBV. Rick Vickery here from the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. As everyone knows out there, the RBV loves a party, and I can't think of a bigger celebration that I'd rather be a part of than the big 100 with my boys, Big Joe and Carl, right here on Turnbuckle Talk. So raise those glasses in the air. Let's hear it for 100 episodes, and here's the 100 more. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Back here with you, not only just now, but on our 100th episode, people. That is what we are on right now. We're talking to you. We just talked a little bit about some stuff that uh, happened in the very beginnings coming all the way through. Now I think what we're going to be doing is touching on some of those previous topics that we have enjoyed for our personal selves. And we're going to talk a little bit about those. I think Big Joe uh, picked a couple. I picked a couple of topics as well. And we kind of hit on a little bit of them already in the first part of this broadcast to you but yeah i mean we're gonna we're gonna talk about our likes from the last 100 episodes yeah the first one i want to hit on is actually our showstopper segment from last week when uh the acclaimed rick vickery from the hitting marks podcast was on filling in for you carl and we had uh, touched on wrestling moves that should possibly be banned and uh, this stemmed from one that we had saw was a double foot stomp move, very similar to the move that Finn Balor does, the coup de gras, uh, resulting in the other wrestler suffering a collapsed lung. And you know, this isn't the first time that we've seen you know dangerous moves in the business. Now, in your opinion, are there moves that should be just outright banned, or should the the focus be more on proper training and maybe doing these things a little bit on the safe side? I think it's it's honestly a little bit of both. Uh, when it comes to that, I mean, doing something like a coup de gras, you see Finn Balor, he doesn't necessarily really stomp on the person. He kind of grazes their chest and falls to his back as he's coming down. Yeah. Now, would I want to see something like that from 
uh, like the top of a ladder or, you know, from, uh, you know, the top of one of the, the elimination chamber pods. No, I definitely would not because as this instance happened, somebody had a collapsed lung from that and it just not done proper, I guess. Uh, but that comes to where you need to have the proper training to really know how to do the move before you go out there and do it. So Finn Balor is a guy that has done this move thousands of times over his career. So he knows how to do it. He's properly trained for it. Whereas other people might need a little bit more training when it comes to that move. Um, and I mean, that's, that's not just that move specifically, not just like the coup de gras, but I'm talking like the tombstone pile driver mm, and, yeah, that's uh, a big one. you know, even, even the DDT, a simple DDT can really mess somebody up an ankle lock, an arm bar, right? Like a Camaro lock, stuff like that. You really got to know how to do them properly. And if you don't, don't do them. Yeah, because unless you're a PCO from the most recent episode of Ring of Honor, um, by the way, if you get a chance to go watch that, that, that guy, I don't think is human. I, I, I saw him do some kind of cannonball flip, and he cleared the ropes and laid on the apron and the outside end. He was like, I'm, I'm good. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily like that, but just like, you know, unless you're that guy, I mean, you need to be careful. And, and just some of those people, you know, maybe aren't qualified or maybe doesn't fit their persona for these kind of moves like obviously we would not want to see i know i tend to pick on her we don't want to see nia Jax doing a double foot stomp off the top rope because no. just there's no way to pull that off without hurting somebody or hurting yourself doing it so i think it's one of those things where i think um i think common sense would hopefully prevail in some of these scenarios and as long as that makes sense in the situation as well too i think those are two important things there and yes very much so the training <laughs> is a big aspect of it to, to at least make it uh, look convincing and for it to be safe at the same time. Because like we had uh, mentioned when we talked to Max, you know, that uh, the idea here is to be able to make this stuff look convincing but not killing each other out there. 100% you're right. I mean, that's and, – and Mad Max was 100% nail on the head yeah. right there. That's exactly what you want to do. You need to take care of yourself and – your opponent when you're inside that ring. Mm -hmm. There is years of training that needs to happen first before you can do something like that. And I mean, it's a little harder for the independent scene because they, they have to practice their moves on the shows. Yeah, That's where they get their practice in, mm -hmm. right? Um, I mean, it's something that, that, that should be practiced before the shows happen. And if the promoter feels that it's not right, and something could go wrong, just scrap it. Just scrap it. Just leave it alone yep. and tell them, okay, you're not using that this show. Let's practice the next show. Let's practice after this show, whatever we need to do. When you come to training, we're going to practice that some more. We're going to make that look believable and make it safe at the same time. Before we move move on to, to, to you here, Joe, I just want to say, you mentioned PCO. Mm-hmm. And not being human. Yeah. Guaranteed, that guy is not human. If you people have not seen anything from PCO, go to YouTube. The guy works for the WWE, known as the w World Wrestling Federation. Mm -hmm. I will say the entire name. I won't just say the acronym. Yep. The World Wrestling Federation as Pierre 
Carl Ouellette, mm-hmm. PCO, Pierre Carl Ouellette. Yep. He worked for them years ago. The guy is like, what, 53 years old? Some, 53 or 56 or something yeah. like that. The guy's up in his 50s anyways. Go and check out what he did back in the day with the World Wrestling Federation. And then go and take a look at some of the stuff that he's doing with Ring of Honor right now. Yeah, The guy is not human. Uh, and, and, and like our, our friend Jargo had mentioned when they were at StarCast, he was doing the straw man thing where he was taking pictures of the Undertaker and stapling them to his chest and letting people throw darts at him. Uh, that's not what human beings do, folks. No. <laughs> so. No. Going from moves that w- that uh, possibly need to be banned to uh, happy accidents. I think one of the more happier accidents that's happened in the world of professional wrestling, at least in our first 100 episodes of being a podcast, we, we can't not mention Titus diving under the ring. Titus, world slide. <laughs> that's what happened. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, that, that was last year's Royal Rumble. Titus O'Neil comes out. His number is is, is called, and, and he goes down to the ring. And as he's going down to the ring, he slipped. And literally, I don't know how much baby oil he had all over his body, but he literally slid on the mat underneath the ring. Not on top of the ring, not into the ring. Underneath the ring. Man, They even this Royal Rumble, they were talking about, are we going to see Titus World Slide happen yep. again? Like they, they were they were even commenting on it this year. So for that to, to carry on for an entire year had to be mentioned because we mentioned it when it happened. And I mean, yeah, like that's just hilarious. There are always little things like that that happen, but this one really stands out. Yeah, because uh, that, like, I don't know if maybe it was nerves. Um you know, having to perform in front of the, the Saudi princes around because it happened at the the Greatest Royal Rumble over in Saudi, and uh, you got to wonder, did the nerves get to him? You know, but but to Titus's credit, though, he he went with it, and uh, that was absolutely the right thing to do. Otherwise, you just you come off as a fool. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. So like that, yeah, he went with the entire thing. He yeah. made it his own. After he messed up, he just owned it and made it just so much more memorable by doing that yeah. i mean I, I i remember it like clear as like i see it in my head <laughs> yes. i see it happening yeah. again yeah. right yeah and for him to you know own it and really make it be a happy accident like you had said at the beginning yeah. a happy accident that's exactly what he made it out to be Absolutely. You know, and even uh, this year's Rumble, you see him walking up and then, or running up, and then he stopped a little short and he went, no, I don't want to do that again, you know, so, yeah, that was, that was great, and like I said, you know, credit to Titus for uh, for not letting it, for not taking it personally. That's right. Absolutely. So, going to another one of our favorite topics, of course, we had talked about it previously here earlier in the episode, AEW has been one of the most popular topics that we've talked about on this show recently. So, yeah, we definitely want to make mention of it again because it's a real, it's a sign of, at the very least, some significant change happening in the world of professional wrestling on more than one level. All Elite Wrestling is definitely a hot bed when it comes to professional wrestling right now. They are, and when I say they, I mean Cody, the Young Bucks, um, a little bit smaller on the scale. You're looking at Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, 
right? Like the members of the elite, minus my favorite, Murray Skrull. But they really have taken this idea of independent professional wrestling and have changed the perception of it just simply by doing these old school type of, of promo that they're doing when, when it comes to like the, uh, um, the tailgate party that they did and, and, yep. you know, like press conference that they, that they're doing, they're, they're, they're going back really old school. But on top of that, they're not just saying all elite wrestling is everything. We're all, we're the be all end all. They're saying, no, we want to take the best of the best and showcase them. And they're going to these smaller independent shows around the country right now. And they're, I mean, we, we saw that recently. They went to a, to a, uh, like a house show, I guess, an independent show that happened. And they did a handshake deal with Penta and yes. um, Phoenix. Phoenix, yes. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't remember their names, but yeah, they, like they, they were right there, right? Yeah. The Lucha Brothers. Right, like yeah, I for mean, sure. they, they went and showed up at this independent. N- nobody knew, and that's what they're doing. They're making it fun again to be a fan of professional wrestling by showing up at these different places. And if if any of you from All Elite Wrestling are listening right now, mm-hmm. I sent out a tweet from our TV Talk Pod Twitter account to you guys saying that Canadian Wrestling's Elite is having a show here in my hometown in April and open invitation. Come on, guys, and give some handshake deals to some of these workers as well. And, I mean, it's it's just making it fun and exciting again. Yeah, for sure. It definitely, it does almost feel, you know, maybe not quite to the WCW level, but it does, it does feel like there is that, that strong kind of competitor. It, it feels like it's going to be a collaboration kind of almost like a, like a territory type thing. That's how, you know, this feel, how this, this is starting to feel. And I'm going to add something because I've been thinking a lot about, about this during the week leading up to our 100th episode here, Carl. And we know that they've trademarked the, the Tuesday Night Dynamite. Yeah. Name and it's looking like they might go to to Tuesday night, but we had mentioned when I was talking uh, with Rick on the last episode of the um, the phenomenon known as the Raw Hangover because we know Monday Night Raw is three hours, and if you're lucky enough to be able to get through to that, by the time you get to Tuesday, you're you're pretty burned out with wrestling because you've wa- you've had to suffer through that. Now I'll make the bold idea here that they shouldn't go to Tuesday night with AEW. I think that they should take them head on Monday night and try and steal some of that audience. I think you are 100% crazy in your thinking. Yep. I know. Um, <laughs> crazy enough to work. I, I, I don't know if it would be crazy enough to work on Monday nights right now. I think the, they're still trying to build. So to go head on right now, I don't think is is a is a smart option for them. I think what they're doing right now by uh, trademarking for Tuesdays yeah. and you know putting out their stuff on a Tuesday is going to be great for them. We know that SmackDown is going to be leaving Tuesdays. It's going to be going to Fridays going to once Fridays. the Fox deal happens, right? So we're going to have Monday. We're going to have Friday. 
people know, okay, Monday I have WWE, Friday I have WWE. They're going to be sitting there going, what, what do we have in between? Now, I totally get and I totally understand the Raw hangover, but I think we're going to start seeing the numbers drop from the last hour of the Raw programming so that people aren't as hungover and come more towards the All Elite Wrestling on Tuesday nights. Now, something that I think that All Elite Wrestling should be doing on the Tuesday night is not just going with an hour, not going with two hours, not going with three hours, but going with 90 minutes, an hour and a half. An hour and a half of professional wrestling on Tuesday nights after you've watched a little bit of Raw on the Monday night come and transition into pro wrestling from an entertainment show I think will do them a world of justice and you will see, like I said, the numbers from Raw slowly declining in that last hour so that people have the gumption to watch an hour and a half of professional wrestling from All Elite on Tuesdays. It's an interesting uh, approach. I don't think uh, the 90-minute time frame has ever been done. Um, Yeah, when it comes to Monday, I I think that... You know, I should probably look closer at the numbers on this. Uh, the I don't think that it's happening very gradually. From from what I've been, I think it's after that first hour. I think they're I think it's dropping off very abruptly. Uh, I got to look more into that. But uh, I mean, at the at the very least, they're losing a large number of their viewers because because I think too because with NXT, I think they hit a real sweet spot with an hour, and it's just it's good solid. And there's no it's all killer no filler for lack of a better term. So yeah, I think the the ninety minute approach could work on a Tuesday. Yeah, it could. I think as long I mean, that's something that I would love to see from NXT. We always, yeah. I mean, I, I understand NXT is still WWE and it has the entertainment portion to it, and they do storyline yep. and they do all of this different stuff. But they give us professional wrestling, and they give us great professional wrestling on NXT. Yep. I wish that NXT would go an hour and a half just to give us one extra match in there, because sometimes only getting two matches in the night. Uh, you know, kind of leaves me wanting a little bit more. Yeah. But WWE, from what we've seen over the years, will not do an hour and a half. It's an hour or two hours or three hours. It's always got to be that full hour. I think if All Elite takes that just half an hour and says, we want to do 90 minutes. Yeah. And this way we can give everyone three to four mm. matches in that time frame but still be able to build a little bit of story between all the competitors that are happening would work. I think definitely you hit a good one there with uh, with NXT going that approach. And I think on uh, the network, they could definitely pull off the 90-minute thing. My only concern is that I don't, I don't think that uh, for, for, for a TV network, it would be very unusual because uh, that's in a, the hour-and-a-half thing. I don't think I've seen too many shows do that. I think that if they were going to go with that approach, I think you would have, you know, that first half hour almost kind of be, you know, that's where you do not necessarily like a pre-show, but you do like all the little kind of vignettes and that kind of stuff, and then you have that hour after that be your the full-on wrestling. I think I think maybe that kind of approach could maybe work if they're going to go for with like standard network television, because uh, I, yeah, I totally get what you're saying there. I, here's here's how I would prefer it then if they have to. If they 100% have to do the full hour, then what you give us is an hour and a half of straight professional wrestling. 
And then you bring in somebody like Alicia A. Tout mm. for the last half an hour yeah. and have her do a little recap with somebody or something like that. I mean, up in, up here, up here in Canada, we have got uh, you know on on the uh, the Sports Ontario Network or the Sportsnet 360 Network, right? We have a show called Aftermath yep. where they go through and they it's just a half an hour of four people sitting around and they're talking about professional wrestling. So if All Elite Wrestling could do something like that, hint, hint, I think I'd be available. Yeah, um, yeah like if they desperately, 100%, if the network says you have to do the full hour, then do something like that. Give us an hour and a half of professional wrestling. Give us half an hour then of a little bit of talk afterwards, whether it's a recap of the show that just happened, whether it's, you know, an interview with, with uh, you know, a couple of the stars, whatever. Give us half an hour of a round table afterwards. If the numbers from the round table don't get the numbers that they need, who cares? Because it's just that half an hour filler program, yeah. the bulk of it, the hour and a half, that's where your numbers come in. I know I would definitely be a game for that because I I am still of kind of the old school mindset that the actual wrestling should be the entertainment part of it. So yep, I would definitely be a game for that. Would your your typical WWE fan maybe be going for that? You know that, that's kind of up in the air. But like like at the end of the day, I really don't think that that's uh, the audience that they're after. I think they're going after, you know, that hardcore main wrestling audience that they're going after. And I think having a little program at the end would work. I love watching I so. Aftermath. Yep. Love it. it. Great show. Yep. Great show. That could definitely work. All right. So I think that um, we definitely need to touch on another one here. I mean, this has been a wrestler we've definitely touched on a lot during our first 100 episode here, Carol. And that, of course, is... physically. Yes. Mr. Roman Reigns. Something very interesting has happened with this whole deal and we've gone from, not saying us specifically, but just wrestling fans for a large majority hating on him. And then now that he has had this happen to him, it's done a complete flip flop. Now everybody's just they're they're anticipating him coming back, and then they're they're on that uh, we want we want him back now. It was a very odd kind of a turn of events, to say the least. I think to kind of steal some verbiage from Mr. Rick Vickery, uh, I think those people are what you would call Mark Tards, <laughs> right? Nope. Um, that, that's what those people are. Uh, for us, and, and I, I don't know why, but I consider myself a little bit smarter than just the average person watching the WWE or watching Network or, or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, my sentiments are still the same. I I have no ill will towards Roman Reigns, the guy. Yep. I have no ill will towards Joe. That's his name. His name is Joe. Yep. I have nothing bad to say about Joe. I only wish him the best of health. I know that he's going through a lot. I understand that. Roman Reigns as the character, goodbye, good riddance, Wishing you the best in your future endeavors. Thanks and come again. Yeah, you know, and then they made the, in my opinion, the big disaster of having uh, having Dean come out 
you know, after just kind of addressing the whole kind of issue to then come out and mock said scenario with the, the leukemia, I mean, shame on you, WWE, for doing that. Like, and especially when, you know, outside of the show, you're trying to cater to all these charities, the sick kids and your Susan Comans and all that kind of stuff to, to, to do that. I, I thought that was a really, uh, I, I don't even know who to blame for that. <laughs> I'm perfectly honest with you, but, uh, I would definitely agree that if he were to come back, have it be some totally different kind of persona. I, you know what? I, I can get behind that. Yeah. If Roman Reigns were to come back repackaged different than this whole shield gimmick that he's got going on, if he can come back maybe as a humble person being, I know what it's like to just about lose everything and now i'm not taking anything for granted thank you for allowing me back thank you for allowing me back into your televisions thank you for allowing me back into your hearts let's run let's go with this i'm no longer the big dog i'm the humble dog for me how i would do this whole scenario and we'll see what happens my how i would do this number one roman's coming back you lose the vest lose the vest Get rid of that flak uh, ride vest or whatever the hell that is. And then you bring him back as a heel wrestler and you team him up with Drew McIntyre and then you have your top heel group there just kicking ass. That's that. That's how I would go about it. That's a good scenario as well. Yeah. You can do a, do a tag team, do a stable, maybe with one or the person or something. But I think uh, th- those two guys, those two heels together, I think would uh, be excellent. Yeah, so, yeah, it would be. So we'll see how that goes. You know, so at the end of the day, you know, Roman was a very controversial, <laughs> the bulk of our first 100 episodes, but I think yeah. something even arguably more controversial than that was, of course, the crown jewel, the most recent crown jewel event in Saudi Arabia. And it's actually going to be happening again, I think, in, in May sometime, where they're going to be doing this again. And uh, this has sparked a lot of controversy and debate and hate and arguments on on Facebook, on the internet, and just uh, fans in general. This one was a doozy, man. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a huge, huge deal, and and I think it really only became a huge deal because of the circumstances outside of WWE's control and outside of the world of professional wrestling that really happened with it. We understand what was it? A reporter or somebody uh, somebody of of some um, media source. You know, yeah. stuff happened. I believe a life was lost, and they're blaming it on Saudi Arabia, and they're blaming it on on you know the hierarchy over there, and all of it had nothing to do with anything professional wrestling. But yeah. because of that, people were dead set against it because oh, this bad thing happened. And I mean, I, yeah. I'm still of the same sentiment as I was before. Bad stuff happens around the world every day. And you still go out and support whatever it is. So why now are you crapping on this that's happening because the Saudi Arabian prince wants to bring some professional wrestling? The man broke barriers allowing, Mm. what was it, Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks to go out there and wrestle? Was was that at, at Crown Jewel? I don't believe so, but they they did allow Renee Young to do commentary during the event, which yes. was uh, which was very very unusual. And that's right. They yeah. yes, uh, breaking barriers, yeah. right? 
and, and it was because of him mm-hmm. that that happened. Yeah. So, I mean, no matter what happened outside of, it had nothing to do with, with the WWE and what they were doing and how they were trying to bring entertainment to those people, right? All, and it was majority of the people in the United States that were going, oh, we're not supporting this. We can't support this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, we're better than everybody else, whatever. We can't support this now. No, get off your high horse. You get this programming to you all the time. You have the WWE Network at your fingertips for $9.99 a month. It's right there. These people don't have that. So this prince decided he wanted to bring that to his people, and yeah. you're upset over it now. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that sentiment. At, at the same time, too, the, the biggest thing of this that left a really, really bad taste in my mouth, and I, uh, I, I think that you feel partially the same way on this, this match with Triple H and Sean versus Undertaker and Kane, I mean... Everybody else, uh, I, I, I get it, uh, you know, if they were tired or sore or whatnot, but with Sean out there, dude, he had no business being out there. And, and I'm I'm not quite as big of a Shawn Michaels fan as you are, but, I, I mean, I, I had a lot of respect for him. This show, that dipped down a little bit for me. I, I felt that it just it felt very, un, very un-Shawn Michaels of him to do this. It was so out of character and so not him. Yeah. You're right. I, I feel the same way. It really was not Shawn Michaels at no. all that was there. Um, it was, again, unfortunately, this you know this is one of the bad parts to the Saudi Arabian prince. Mm-hmm. He wanted to see this match happen. He wanted to see Shawn Michaels and Triple H yep. against The Undertaker and Kane. Yep. Right? So he paid whatever he had to to make that happen. Yeah. Right, he's trying to go back in years and live some glory days of Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and live the glory days of The Undertaker and Kane, and unfortunately, that that left a, a bad taste in my mouth, and mm. only because, and I no matter what, I'm still a huge Shawn Michaels fan. I mm. always have been. I always will. I have his autograph up on my wall. Yeah, like I mean, the guy to me. He was the he was the person that got me really hooked into professional wrestling with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So it was very disheartening to see that he actually went out and did that. When he said, When I retired, I'm done. I am not yep. doing another match. I'm not coming there will be no one more match situation. And unfortunately the Saudi Arabian prince maybe twisted his arm a little bit with some dollar bills and yeah. made that happen. You know, and briefly on, uh, you know, on a side topic before we get to the next one here with, with Renee Young, uh, I don't know if you feel the same way as me on this, but it feels, it, there was a lot of hype and a lot of praise right at the beginning, but lately when I listen to her on commentary, it's awful. It's awful. Like she seems so uncomfortable, and it's like she's being force-fed things that she doesn't want to say, and she's having to sit next to, to, to Corey Graves and whatnot. And it just it feels like she doesn't want to be there anymore. And, and honestly, I don't think that she should be. I, I don't. I'm probably not of the popular opinion on that. But over the last little while, she hasn't been good. 
I gotta I say. think a big factor in that right now is old boys club and intimidation. That too. I think that's exactly what's happening. Forever it has been men doing commentary, men yeah. doing commentary, men doing commentary. The girls are to look pretty and stand in the back with a microphone while the talent spews out verbal diarrhea into that mic and then look scared yeah. and then back away. Yeah. That's what they were there for. And I think the mentality of that is still there. So I don't know. I, I, that's, that's what I think it is. I think it's, it's more of an old boys club intimidation factor that's happening right now with Renee Young. Do I think she should be there? 100%. Yeah. And I think that they need to back off and just let her be Renee Young on commentary and not, you know, this force fed. And I understand they, they have an earpiece. They're force fed stuff all the time. I get it. Yeah. I understand that. But it seems like you said, like she's being almost force fed everything. And I don't know. I don't know who's feeding it to her. I don't know what's happening or the situations that are going on there, but it seems almost as though she's being force-fed and almost belittled at the same time while it's happening, which really would take a toll on, I think, anybody. And I I think that's what's happening. I can't be sure. You know, I, I, I never can be sure in these types of situations, but that's how it feels to me. I hope that isn't happening. And I hope that Renee is just trying to find herself in this world of commentary because it's not easy. One hundred percent, it's not easy. So I hope that she can find that. I hope that she can she can really get into it and come into her own with this whole um, commentary that's going on. And I hope that it's not a situation of belittlement and old school boys club mentality. Unfortunately, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. And I think that she's definitely being force fed and being told to say things that she doesn't want to or she doesn't feel comfortable with. You know, just recently, I can't remember where, where it was on some site, to, you know, in the span of me doing research for this episode here. There was an outline of, of an episode. I, I believe it was either, I believe it was a Raw. And there was very, very little script, just basic, basically the, the outlines of the matches and some main kind of points to hit. But there was like no like scripts or anything like that. And, you know, we're seeing too much of that and too much of people in the back. It's like there's too many people trying to get their little things in there and things just, and, and we, we see, you know, with the Renee Young, I think she's getting ruined because there's too many people trying to get their ideas in there and then feeding it to her, you know, and she doesn't just let her be natural. Let her do what, uh, let her do the Moro Ronaldo thing. I know it's not even a great comparison, but just let the person just naturally be who they, they are and then it'll come off more genuine because right now she doesn't come off as genuine at all. In my opinion. We, we talked before about the Aftermath program, and Renee Young was actually essentially the founder of the Aftermath program yep. that uh, Sportsnet 360, uh, you know, with Rogers Communications, allowed it to be shown on the air. So a company as huge as the Rogers Corporation had enough faith in Renee Young to take this on and do it. Mm-hmm. I think that the WWE needs to, if they are, force feeding everything i think they need to really step back and just allow renee young to be renee young absolutely i couldn't agree more so going from the controversy that was crown jewel to another very controversial wrestler at least in our podcast and i know in several others 
Of course, we're talking about Nia Jax, Carl. And really all I want to say at this point, because we've literally beat this dead horse quite a bit with her. My issue has never been, you know, with her weight or persona or anything like that. With me, at the end of the day, it just all boils down to is that she just isn't good at being a wrestler and a, and a, and a character. She's just not good at, at executing any of it, pure and simple. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you said it right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we need to say about that. Sorry, Naya, but uh, we're not going to give you much time here. So... Going from that to our last topic that we want to talk to that uh, is one of our favorites from our first 100 episodes is how we watch wrestling. How it's evolved from when we started watching to how it is now. And it has definitely changed a lot. 100% it has. I mean, I'm I'm from the days of the Monday Night Wars. I mean, I'll break kayfabe a little bit here. I am 37 years old. So my professional wrestling was... You know, watching the WWE or the World Wrestling Federation and World Championship Wrestling and seeing both of them. I remember watching just the World Wrestling Federation and then came this movement of WCW in there and it, it changed everything. Everything. It changed. Yep. And, I mean, going from the days of flipping the TV channel to channel, back and forth, to try to catch both programs, yep. all the way up to nowadays where we have it on TV and we have it all available. Not all of it, but we have the majority of things available streaming live to us on the WWE Network. So to see a progression from just television, closed circuit television, to television, to uh, pay-per-views, to now a WWE network, and other companies have followed suit. Ring of Honor has their own network. New Japan Pro has their own network. Uh, Impact Wrestling has their their network that they're uh, building on as well. Like, it's really changed the game and has allowed for us to be able to see more professional wrestling since the inception of streaming services. Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, mine has been very similar, you know, going back from watching, you know, on VHS tapes that were, you know, rewatched uh, too much and there, uh, you know, there'd be tight spots and the tapes would slow down and whatnot. And, you know, obviously this stuff wasn't live. You didn't, and if you're watching TV, you weren't sure if it was live or not. You know, the, the, the kayfabe was, you know, very much you know, still alive back then. And, you know, we go to now, we have a very interesting scenario of, the the newer fan, especially with such short attention spans, and which which makes the the three hour time slot for Raw even that much more curious to me. You know, when when you obviously if you do some market research, you find out you know, people have very very short attention spans, and, and we're well aware of this too. So yeah. you know, it, it's gone from very much to a just sit down and enjoy to needing a quick fix. You know. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is nowadays. It's a quick fix. It's the option and the availability to go through and just pick and choose, essentially. So, I mean, we can, you know, go to the WWE Network and go, okay, now I just want to see this match that happened with Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair at WrestleMania. Yeah. Right? And it's right there for us. We can just essentially choose that, go to it, watch that quickly, get our little fix, and then we're gone. 
right? We don't have to sit down and really watch entire programs to get our fix and our fill yeah. of professional wrestling nowadays. Yeah. Now, I think a good way to end off this topic before we do wrap things up here, Carl, I think that one thing that we can agree on that I think the best way always has been, always will be to enjoy wrestling is to actually go in person and experience it live sitting at ringside. Definitely. If you have not gone to see a live professional wrestling show on any level, whether it is the WWE, I have been to WWE shows, I've been to Impact shows, I have been to local shows that were running here. Yep. I have gone um, into the United States and seen Universal Wrestling Enterprises at one time. Um, you know, they had names like uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Superfly Jimmy Snuka. They had Powers of Pain, Demolition, Rikishi, Scotty Tuhati, all these different names. And you get to see them live right in front of you. And I had front row seats for pretty much all of these, except the WWE shows I mm -hmm. haven't. And then coming to Canadian Wrestling's Elite, who come through this area twice a year and allow me to be able to go and see some amazing professional wrestling from, you know, guys like Chase Owens, from guys like Danny Duggan, yeah. from Tyler Colton. We had Jake the Snake Roberts, yeah. from even local guys. That is your best way to go out and see and even support our friends, Vinny and Diego Da Vinci, mm -hmm. the Da Vinci brothers of Sault Ste. Marie. From here, that's the best way to go out and watch support and really feel professional wrestling and you get to interact with the other fans right directly in person too instead of you know arguing on social media and all this kind of stuff that happens nowadays you know and that's another thing too it just it, it, a lot of shows it just it feels like a family reunion might be overstating it a little bit but it, it just it feels like you're just together with a bunch of friends watching some good wrestling and like i said at the end of the day i think that's one thing that hopefully will never change is uh, I, I stand by that. That's the ultimate way to experience professional wrestling is in person. Definitely. All right, Carl. Well, that wraps up our hundredth episode, but before we go, of course, let's hear from our sponsors. Our sponsors, we have collar and elbow brand.com. Go and check them out. Founded by Al snow. That's right. Former professional wrestler Al Snow has created CollarAndElbowBrand.com. We are proud to be the first Collar and Elbow Brand sponsored podcast. Go and check them out. Use promo code JKPODCAST for 10% off your entire order. As well, if you are a vapor like myself, go to HypeCityVapors.com. Check out the amazing flavored e-juices that they have there. Use promo code JKPODCAST and get 15% off your entire order from HypeCityVapors.com. And of course, to listen to the podcast, you can find us on our original home on Podbean, as well as Google Play Music and their standalone podcasting app. And a lot of those other podcasters, we show up on there as well. And of course, for you iTunes users, you can definitely find us on the iTunes podcasts. And of course, Powered by the Grill Position as part of the Roar Network. That's right, guys, and go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search out TB Talk Pod. That's where you can find everything Turnbuckle Talk. That is TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, Carl, that has been 100 episodes. Let's kick off the next 100.
All right. See you real soon. See you in the next one, guys. This is Michael Melkor, executive editor of TheGorillaPosition.com and co-host of Going Home with Ryan and Mike. And you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. I'd almost elaborate because I listened to Rick and Jargo's show again. They were talking about the rivalry between Samojo and Daniel Bryan and how they could go about that. And I, I would take it to the to the, the extreme. And to, to me, it just it would make sense to do this. You have Daniel being this vegan thing. You know, they got the the hemp and wood belt there. You know, and he's pushing all that. And I say for for Joe to be the uh, the heel, have him like coming out like eating the, eating the steak or shoving shoveling down hot dogs or something, right? Like just really sticking his face. Hey, that's what the heel would do, right? Yeah. You know, then that would get over huge because I mean Joe already gets over huge. Have him do a little uh, little thing where he shows how many hot dogs he can stuff into his mouth at one time. <laughs> Yeah, and you gotta just do it. go like super over the top with it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, that'd be great. Thing, right? How much meat can Joe stick in his mouth? Oh man! <laughs> yeah, and then comedy will ensue. Oh yeah. Okay, make sure my phone's muted so that I don't get any beeps or boops or anything. <laughs> yeah, I did that to mine too. Yeah. Let me get this a little bit closer. There we go. up a little too high. Okay. <clears throat> you can hear that? Yeah, yeah, I can hear it. Good. <laughs> yeah, Rick's come up with a great term. Instead of a replacement for smarts, calling them mark tards. Uh, that's gold. <laughs> mark tards. Mark tards. Nice. <laughs> I thought that was great. Nice. Oh.